Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Credit Conversations with Savaskia. You can gain more information at my website, savaskia.com, S-Y-V-O-S-K-I-A.com. Many people are still trying to leverage their buying power on credit. Every week, we're focusing on credit conversations that give you inspiration, education, and restoration. You need to know that credit is much more than your score. It connects and evolves around financial literacy and education. Learning the tools of budgeting, debt, net worth, money management, wealth, and more. As the owner of Exusia Financial, we have solutions in credit and business coaching and financial wellness for individuals and family. So glad to be here to give you more awareness and give you practical applications that can change the trajectory of your life. So we are going to continue on with our Credit Hack series. Today, we will be in series number three, the impact of payday lending and interest rates. So welcome to the podcast. If this is your very first time, Thank you for being with us today. Thank you to my credit champions. I'm so glad that you are back. So we normally start off this podcast with a word of the day or the word of the week. So what I think a very important word is focus. Focus is so important in many areas of your life if you really think about that. Because focus is your ability to center your interest on the activity you have chosen. Whether that is balancing your checkbook, whether that is uh, managing your office for today, whether that is managing things you need to do around the house, taking care of your children, taking care of your loved one, uh, whatever that focus may be, it's very important that you stay focused and keep yourself centered, right? Earlier this week, I shared that success happens when you starve your distractions and feed your focus. When we feed our focus on the things that are more important for us, then we can see that win. Then we can see that success. So this week, as you focus... Feed on those things that help you to be successful in all areas of your life, but particularly because you've come to this podcast, feed yourself on those things to become that credit champion. And credit champions who are growing through this platform are about protecting themselves from the subject matter today, from paying unnecessary costly fees. And so if you want to view any of our previous uh, podcasts, you want to go out to EnvisionRadio.com where Praise Meets Talk, and you can click on Credit Conversations, and you will be able to view some some recent podcasts. We have been down on this platform for over a year and a half, celebrating a year anniversary and would definitely like for you to go and check out some of those podcasts. So today we're here to talk about the big elephant in the room. And that is interest rates 
and payday lending loans. All of this ultimately uh, can impact your credit. If you're, you know, if depending on what state that you live in, so keep that in mind. So to to put it simply, interest interest rate is the price you pay to borrow money, right? Whether that's a student loan, a mortgage, or a credit card. When you borrow money, you generally must pay back the original amount you borrowed plus a certain percentage of that loan amount is going to be your interest, right? I know very few loans that you would pay back interest. And the only loans that I'm aware of is if you are uh, under what they call the Sha'ara loan. Uh, and that is the only way you wouldn't be paying back uh, a loan interest. So if you are under a Sha'ara loan, then this probably uh, would not impact you. But when we look at payday loans, credit cards, and more, when your credit is bad and your money is tight, payday loans have often been a result. I don't suggest it, but it has it has been a result. And it's making an impact uh, on the lives of people. And I want to share a little bit about that. Even though it appears that you can get instant approval, these loans are not ideal because of the high interest rates that they are charged. They are uh, meant to be used as a short-term emergency loan, right? Emergencies do happen. People have often resulted and had to go to payday lending. As again, I'm not recommending. However, what I have seen is that too many people are taking this option, but there is a downside for using these services. So today, the payday loan industry markets its loan as a boon to people with a temporary financial uh, shortfall and limited options to secure funds because of bad credit. And so in reality, payday loans are not usually taken to meet these emergencies. That's not actually what's happening. Many people are using payday loans to cover their rent, pay their mortgage, paying utilities, buying food, and all other, uh, you know, routine living expenses. But there is a great impact of payday lending and these high interest rates. We don't tend to hear about these anymore. Um, But I feel that it's good to cover it because Obviously, wherever you're located in your city, there are paid loan, payday loan lending uh, places that are still doing this. People are still using it. So what are the costs and the fees for a payday loan? Let me just give you some analogy here. So payday loans generally charge a percentage or dollar amount per $100 borrow. So the amount of this fee may range from $10 to $30 for every $100 borrowed, depending on your state laws. So I'm I'm talking to an audience across the United States. Uh, and the maximum amount your state permits you to borrow, right? A fee of $15 to $100 is common. So this equates to the annual, check this out, 
an annual percentage rate of almost 400%. Oh, my goodness. For a two-week loan. So we're not to here to, 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 to judge anyone. We're not here to put anyone down. But guess what? We're here to educate you. So, if, for example, if you need to borrow $300, say right now, you, you have bad credit, you need to borrow uh, uh, $300 to your next payday. It would cost you $345 to pay it back, assuming the fee is, is uh, 15 per $100, right? Okay, so already you're paying $45 on that $300 loan. So rollovers, if you are unable to pay when your loan is due and your state that you live in permits these rollover, that payday lender uh, may allow you to pay the fees, right? Extends your due date, but check this out. You will be then charged uh, another fee. So using the above example, you would pay a renewal rollover fee of $45, but you will still owe the $300, and now you have another $45. So when that two-week additional extension is over with, you have paid $90 for borrowing $300 in four weeks. Now you know why we talk about 400% for a two-week loan, you have actually paid 800% on a $300 loan. We don't want you to do that anymore. We want to bring you some hope today. And I know that there's repayment plans. Uh, uh, these laws uh, vary from state to state. But this is a great impact not in your only in your credit, but in your money management in your household. So listen, I'm going to come back. I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Thank you for tuning in to Credit Conversations. If you're coming into the second half of the show, we're in our Credit Hack series number three. We're talking about the impact of payday lending loans and interest rates. So another thing we want to look at, in addition, uh, you get this payday loan and say they run your check, uh, depending on your state law, and your bank uh, imposes uh, non-sufficient funds uh, charge if your check uh, is not paid due, due to a lack of funds in your account, now you have an additional fee. So not only uh, on top of that $90 we just shared for borrowing $300 because you're an extension, now you're probably paying a, another $40 on your banking fees. And if you have a prepaid debit loan, if your loan funds are loaded onto one of these cards, there could be fees added to that. And so as you can see, payday loans are a great impact on your interest rate. Now, as payday loans uh, reflect with credit, typically payday loans are not reported to the credit bureau. You would be better off uh, going to a personal finance loan. Now, t 
typically per personal finance loans, our interest rates going to be probably like a 24% interest. But at the least with bad credit, at least with that personal finance loan, they're going to report that to the credit bureau. And that would at least help build your credit where payday loans are. They're not going to report, but check this out. If you do not pay that payday loan and it does go into collection, it could be from that collection agency, then we'll report that it's bad debt. And now you have that on your credit. So there is a great impact of payday lending and credit interest rates. So now we want to transition. Uh, normally on our show, we have uh, many consumers that will reach out to me and uh, typically they can ask questions. They can email those questions to me at syvoskia27 at gmail.com. And then uh, normally uh, different uh, during the next couple of weeks, I will address those questions on the podcast. So I have some questions that have come in uh, that I want to address on uh, credit cards and um, increases and in interest rates. So I uh, so one of the questions was, I just received the notice saying that the rate on my credit card account is going to increase in 45 days. Can I continue making purchases with my card at the existing rate for 45 days? Okay, so the answer in that in my research is no. You will not be able to continue using your card for transactions at the existing rate for the entire 45-day period. Uh, the reason is the existing rate will apply to transactions that occur 14 days or less from the date the bank provided you the notice. So after 14 days, the new rate will apply to further transactions that are, made, that are not paid off at the end of the 45-day period. And at the end of the 45-day period, the bank can begin changing the new rate. They can start charging uh, for any balances that you accrued after the 14th day. So stay focused. Remember, stay focused and note that if your rate is increasing because you were uh, more than 60 days late in making a required payment, the bank can also apply that new rate to all your balances. So what's that keyword? Focus, pay attention to your statements that are coming in. You know, you want to make sure that you go out, review, review your account agreement for policy specific to your bank and your credit account. Uh, so the next question is, how often can the bank change the rate on my credit card account? Well, this is going to depend on whether your account has a variable rate. So if your credit card account has a variable rate, the credit card rate is held in what they call uh, an index rate. This index rate can change periodically, right? It's almost like in having a mortgage, having a fixed loan and having a variable rate. So the bank can change your interest rate uh, periodically when that index changes. Uh, your account agreement explains when the bank uh, can make those changes based on your variable rate. But if your account has a fixed rate, 
The bank can still change your rate, but there are limits on when and the bank can do that, all right? And the bank uh, generally cannot change your rate during the first year after you've uh, opened your account. So you shouldn't be seeing any of that. But after your first year, the bank can change your rate, but it has to give you a 45 days notice. So pay attention, stay focused, and make sure that you did get that 45 days notice, okay? Because we don't want you to incur anything that you should not be uh, paying for. As I said, review your your policies and, and also look at that introductory rate. Uh, a lot of times you get an introductory rate on your statements uh, that ends after six months. And so if you're more than 60 days late, it may require for you to make a payment. Not saying that you are, but if you are. Um, so here's another uh, question. The bank raised my interest rate because I made a late payment on a credit card account with another bank. Can the bank do this? Okay, so some of my research, uh, I was on Consumer uh, Finance Bureau. The bank cannot increase your rate for making a late payment to another bank during the first year after the account was open. That's good news. That's good news. However, though, during the first year after the account was open, the, the bank can impose a penalty rate for issues such as late payments specific to that particular account or increase your rate if it is due to the uh, expiration or uh, say you got that credit card and it was some type of promotional rate that was given to you. So after the first year, it can increase your rate. It gives you a written notice of 45 days. They always have to give you notice. Remember that. And focus. Remember to read the notice, right? This increase will only apply to transactions that, again, occurred more than 14 days. Always review your account and an agreement for, for policies. All right. Now, my credit card has a fixed rate. Is the bank allowed to raise it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, banks generally can make changes to a fixed rate, but there again, there's limits uh, to, to, to banks uh, on service notice requirements. For credit card accounts, the fixed rate is usually to distinguish the rate from a variable rate, which is based on what they call index. Banks cannot advertise a rate as fixed unless uh, they have notified you that it was going to be fixed and that it won't increase during that period. So in general, a bank cannot charge or change your fixed rate for one year after the account was open. Now, there are some exceptions, obviously, to the general rule. So for instance, if you agree to an introductory rate, that ends after six months or more. If you are more than 60 days late in making a required payment, right? You get some of those introductory rates, no payments, uh, zero interest for six months, right? Uh, the bank can increase the rate that applies to your existing balances. So after the rate goes into effect, the bank can apply the new rate. Again, 
for transactions 14 days after and sent. All right. Last question. The bank is charging a higher interest rate that my state allows. Which state's usury laws apply to credit card accounts? So the maximum credit card interest rate that a national bank may charge is generally, it's going to be determined by the law in which the state that you live, right? So under certain circumstances, a national bank may charge rates permitted by that law even though the designated headquarters could be located in another state. So in both situations, the rates can be charged no matter where the borrower resides. So you can live in one state, but say you live in Kentucky, and then this national bank is located in Chicago, right? So you should always focus, review your account agreements, which is the governing contract, Governing your account, uh, and these documents should provide any information and will give you uh, the knowledge based on the state that you uh, are currently in. So, I hope this uh, credit cap was helpful. Uh, learning the impact of payday lending, you know, using other resources uh, if you do have bad credit, and really go back and listen to um, uh, Credit Hack number one on how to build your credit, and that will keep you away from experiencing the impact of payday lending and paying high interest rates. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to remind you to uh, go out to Amazon.com and purchase my book, Credit Champion. It is a financial workbook uh, that can help you and teach you uh, many precepts of understanding credit. Uh, And also to know that for those who are interested in our protection plan program and really looking for someone to uh, give you credit coaching, then you can also reach out to me again as well. Well, thank you for being here today. Have a lovely week. And remember, credit is your asset. God bless. Hello and welcome to Credit Conversations with Savaskia. Hey, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday morning. We have uh, been in a series on credit hacks. And I tell you, we've been sharing some amazing information. And we're going to be in this series uh, probably for about mm, another mm, eight weeks. So today, um, as we're going to be in this series, I want to really talk about something that I think is very important And it's about the eight qualities of a wealthy woman. So I want to insert that because I think credit and having the quality of a wealthy woman is so important. So if you have tuned in today and this is your first time uh, to our show, I want to certainly welcome you and to my returning credit champions. Thank you for coming back. 
As you know, on this show, we are about financial education and literacy and giving you the credit protection plan that you need so that you can be successful. Now, normally when we um, start this podcast off, we normally um, start off with a word of today. But you know, the word I want to give you today is maybe an, an action. You know, we're in a season where people are dealing with a lot of death and grief. And I've just asked you, if you know anyone right now, and I'm sure you do, that you would just go and encourage someone to let them know that it's going to be okay. I'm sure that there's many listeners out here. You may even be dealing with that today. And I want to encourage you that it's going to be okay. So thank you. We're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about the eight qualities of a wealthy woman. And that's pretty amazing because I was reading an article uh, out of Women and Money uh, by Susie Orman, you know, that we as women have to own our power to control our own destiny, right? And so the eight qualities that I'm going to touch on today, I want to give those to you, right? Harmony, balance, carriage, generosity, happiness, wisdom, cleanliness, and beauty. And you know what? We shouldn't be surprised because when we think about wealthy, uh, you may not be where you want to be today, but certainly it is an achievement that you want. And it's an, it's an, it's an expression and a desire to have wealth, right? Wealthy women, have they have all of this. It's just not money. Uh, they have good credit, right? But all of these other things make up that wealthy woman, right? And a wealthy woman... Uh, she brings these qualities to everything in her life, in her relationships, and she walks with it every day in my life. So I hope what I share to you today, uh, within you, wherever you go, that it will be sort of like a guidepost to make sure you're always walking toward that direction of credit and wealth, right? Rather than uh, walking away from it and and understanding that I believe that all these qualities can work together and that all times in order to attain and maintain the true state of becoming that wealthy woman. I'm excited. I hope you're excited about this today. So when we think about harmony, you know, we think about harmony as an agreement a feeling, approach, and sympathy. It is the pleasing interaction between what you think, feel, say, and do, right? It's a balance. It's it's an important quality of all because harmony serves as your foundation for any remaining qualities that's coming after that, right? And so when we think about credit and we think about wealth, All of that has to come into harmony, 
right? It has to come into harmony, which leads us into balance, right? And so I do think that harmony and balance, balance being the second quality, that they both work together. And 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 I think we have to pay attention to our own feelings and observe and listen to the words that we are are using, right? Because as you know, words can be really powerful. And I think that we can understand as we tie these two together that it can help us as women uh, to remain calm and to make sound decisions and judgments, right, about our financial life and other areas of our life. And so I think that we can understand this and that it will give us some powerful behavior. How about that? You agree with me? So quality number three is carriage. What is carriage? Carriage is the ability to face danger, difficulty, uncertainty, or pain without being overcome by fear or being deflected from a chosen course of action. Yeah, we have to have carriage. See, carriage is what helps give our harmony and our balance its own expression, right? Because guess what happens? When you are afraid to speak or act, carriage is what helps you to overcome your fear. You know, I remember when I first started my podcast, I really need some carriage. I was actually fearful. But, you know, I I maintained that carriage. They gave me the ability to speak truth, you know, helping people, helping people to face that uh, fear of their finances, helping people to understand that they didn't have to be uh, fearful of looking at their credit report. And see, it can be difficult uh, for us women to connect with carriage, right? Uh, it can be difficult sometimes. It really can especially if you're if you're independent or sometimes when you're dependent right sometimes you like the, the the carriage and so we may ask the question what are you willing to risk over your head right now what are you willing to take a risk listen we are still in the first month of January 2022 what are you willing to risk you see, fear is usually what stands between us and our carriage. Sometimes, ladies, we're just afraid to rock that boat. Can we be real about it? Sometimes we don't want to rock the boat and we get there. Sometimes we're afraid of confrontation. We're even afraid sometimes our kids won't love us. My, my, my. And so the only way to conquer fear, family, is through action. So I'm asking you, meditate. You know, you can meditate on your fear and you can think about it. You can will it away. But in the end, fear is what is going to prevent you from reacting, right? It's going to, it, it will. I mean, I was fearful, you know, to, to, to move in my life ahead of things. But then it, it came to mind that why am I being fearful, you know? Why? Why would I want to remain fearful when I can when I can benefit from the harmony and the balance and I can awaken my carriage? You know, someone needs their carriage awakened today. 
that has been dormant. And the more I see myself using it, the more readily I see that it was always there to help me. And now my life is growing bigger. You know, my life is better. My life is happier. My my life is richer. And so many people look at me and like, how are you able to do all these things? Well, I'm just like this wealthy woman. I have harmony. I have balance. And I have the carriage. I have the courage to believe that I can seek, succeed. I have that courage to believe that I will win. And so we're going to continue this conversation. I'm going to take a break for just a moment, and I'll be right back. Listen, if you have tuned in with Credit Conversations with Savanskia uh, this Saturday morning, we're talking about credit and eight qualities of a wealthy woman. You'll definitely have to go back and listen to this podcast again. And also remember that uh, you can go to envision-radio.com where praise meets talk and download any of the other episodes that have been talked about in our Credit Hack series. So let's go to quality number four. We're talking about generosity. You know, generosity is when you give the right thing to the right person at the right time. Have you ever had someone to give you something, the right thing from the right person at the right time? Because what it does, it benefits both of you. And you know, generosity is a quality that most women can tap into, right? If you ask me, women, we tend to be over generous, don't we? With our time, with our support, with our love, with our money. Yes, true generosity goes far beyond what you give to others. Uh, It's a power, it's an understanding that, you know, God has called you to be a vessel, you know, and, and as a vessel for God, that energy begins to flow through us, right? So so let me ask you, is this how you feel when you constantly give it to yourself? Be honest here. Do you think of yourself as a giver, as generous with your time, with your compassion, right? Uh-huh. Do you give out of guilt or embarrassment? Do you give because you're wary, you know? Giving really has to be observed uh, with some rules that abide by it, right? You know, uh, whether it's a gift, a time, a money, a love, you know, it should be freely given. It should be uh, an act of generosity. You know, it has to come uh, from an empathetic heart, right? Your your generosity should be directed to those who move your heart, to those who feel need your help, to those who will treasure the help you give. Giving should enhance you, not diminish you. Oh, that's good right there. Anytime you give, it should enhance you, not diminish you. You know, I often talk about, you know, in self-care, as we're doing our self-care, we give, but guess what? Don't give to the point where you don't take care of yourself. Absolutely. Yes. So let's move on to um, quality number five, happiness. 
Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. And see, when you really find that courage to live your life in harmony and balance and practice generosity, guess what happens? Happiness appears. It suddenly appears. You know, when you're open and you're accessible, when you're happy, you tend to be more optimistic. I can't tell you the things in my life that I'm so happy about right now. Have I reached that pivotal point? Of course not, because I'm always striving. I'm always open to new challenges with a clear mind to seek positive solutions, but positive rather than the problems. So I ask you, are you happy? Then I will ask you to try to find a place in your life where there is no discard. Right? Have you ever wanted to do something but you failed? Find that courage to act on it. See, happiness is not a luxury. Of course not. It's a necessity for wealth. Right? That's why getting your finances in order, making sure that you've built your credit, it's, it's, it's a state of satisfaction. Knowing that your actions, the very actions you have taken for yourself come from a place of purity and balance. And you have no regrets in this state of happiness, right? That's the goal worth striving for in all areas of your life. All right, so let's talk about quality number six, wisdom. You know, wisdom is the knowledge and experience needed to make sensible decisions and judgments, right? And you know, life life has been gained through experience. The quality of wisdom uh, is more than being intellectual, right? It has nothing to do with degrees, But it's exercising when wisdom requires cutting through all that noise, tapping into your core beliefs to make those thoughtful decisions. You see, wisdom results from inhabiting all the qualities that came before it. See, a wise woman recognizes when her life is out of balance and she gets the courage to act. A wise woman knows happiness is the reward for living a life of harmony. A wise woman knows how to call her carriage and do what is right, rather what is easy. (laughs) Oh, I had some carriage the other day. See, I've gotten back into my working out again, right? And I tell you, it's a 6 a.m. task, but a 5 a.m. get up. And I had to have the carriage to tell me what is right rather than what is easy. So you can't win if you don't put forth the effort. It's a climb. And so sometimes you got to push yourself. You got to summon carriage to yourself to know what is right rather than what is easy. So let's talk about our seventh comment. Cleanliness is a state of purity, clarity, and precision. It's about respecting the importance of your order and your organization. Don't we need to get our finances in order? Don't we need to know where our money is going? 
Don't we need to make sure we have our important documents in place, our insurance policies, our wills, all of these things? Wow. Some of us, quite frankly, would you say being true to yourself that we need to clean up our act sometime? Right? And so we do have to make sure that we are organized. We we want to make sure uh, the things are in decent and order because... And part of disorganization is due to what I call document hoarding, right? And we have to make sure we're keeping good financial records, uh, bank statements, right? If you have mutual funds, tax documents, we have to be financial organizers and keeping that in place. And you might be listening to me right now and thinking, oh, this is not essential to my financial well-being. But I tell you, it is. This quality is going to be so essential. Ask my credit champions. They know they've been working on budgeting. They've been working on debt payoff, right? They understand uh, the importance of organizing their financial wellness. It's important. And so... We want you to do the same thing. You know, we want you to make sure that you have cleared the path for wealth and abundance to enter. All right, we're almost done. So we're quality number eight is beauty. Beauty is the quality or aggregate of qualities in a person that gives pleasure to the senses are pleasurable, exalts the mind of the spirit. See, beauty is, is what you create when you incorporate those other seven qualities in your life. When you take the steps to have harmony, balance, carriage, generosity, happiness, wisdom, cleanliness, and beauty in your life, guess what you did? You're going to excuse the confidence in who you are. There is nothing more than a beautiful, confident woman. Mm-hmm. Because guess what happens when you're confident, you're secure. And when you're secure, you don't have no fear. Come on. When you have no fear, you have the carriage to say what you think and feel in a calm and wise way. And when you are calm, guess what's going to happen? You're going to make better decisions about your money, about your credit, about your budgeting, about your debt payoff, you're going to make better decisions. Yes. And with these decisions, you're allowing yourself to truly be generous to others as well as yourself, which in turn makes you happy. See how this all works together? That reminds me of Paul. In, in Romans, he says, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and who's been called according to his purpose. And so as I think about these qualities, and I've noticed in my own life and others, that, you know, harmony yearns for harmony. And balance abhors unbalance. Carriage begets greater courage. You know, and once you are generous in the right way, a lesser form of generosity will feel inferior to you. 
You know, I've learned that true happiness will never permit you to settle for a lesser form of happiness. It just won't happen. Wisdom once achieved is with you forever. And beauty inspires beauty in all the things you do. So let me encourage you again. Carry these qualities with you throughout your life. Write them on a note card and keep them close to you. These qualities will help keep you focused. Let them and they will offer you constant reassurance that you are acting powerfully and correctly with love in your heart, with the purest intention to realize your goals of security, financial security, and comfort for yourself and all you love. I hope this has been a blessing for you today. It's always a blessing to come to you and to share with you this information. Listen, don't forget to go out to amazon.com and purchase my book, Credit Champion. It's a financial workbook. And if you want to have questions also answered on our show, you want to email me at syvoskia27 at gmail.com. And as well, if you like to be a guest on my show, I am looking uh, to have some guests on the show once a month. And if you want to email and we can talk about that. Well, listen, my time is to go now. I want you to remember that credit is your asset. God bless you.